0: the You've just seen that Gidon was instructed by Kaddish Baruch to take the par, the bull which had been fattened for the bow, as well, and sacrifice it, so to speak, as a carbon, to chop down the asherah, which was a tree which had been consecrated for the Baal, and used that as a firewood, and to smash the Mizbech of the Baal and rebuild the stones as the Mizbech of Hashem. You saw Giddon was was too afraid to do it in broad daylight to face the people of the town, so he takes his ten servants, like we saw, and he does it at night. And now we're going to see what happens as a result the next morning. The part says in Pasuk Chachas, The people of the town get up in the morning, and what do they find? The mizbech, the bar has been smashed, the tree, the sacred tree which was next to it, has been cut down. And the parasheni, which was the second part that they used, and had been, that we saw, had been fattened for seven years uh, to be sacrificed to the Baal It had been brought in the Mizbech. So, obviously, they, being as they were of desirous, desire, so they indignant of who's taken or destroy, destroyed, thank you. Their, the mizbech They went to check it up. They asked questions until they came to the conclusion. They came to the conclusion it was gila. So they wanted to take revenge. What happened to the cow? You the cow was sacrificed as a carbon to Hashem on the mizbech. With the, 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 the Mizbech, they rebuilt the Mizbech of the Bals Mizbech for Hashem. And they brought up the calf. So, oh, so we saw before. If you look in the Pasuk, uh, Pasuk there were two parts. Take the, par, the first share which belongs to your father, and the second part is the one which has been fattened for seven years. So we asked already. Then we're still going to see what happened to the first one. There were two pyres. The first one was the one which belonged to Yahash Hashem Avicha. The second one was the one which was meant for the Avodah and he was told to sacrifice the second one and bring on the Mizbech which he had built for Hashem. And that's uh, that was the sacred cow that the uh, people had been waiting to bring to Avodah Zarah, and that's the cow which interests him. And that's uh, that's what they found. That's the pyre which has been brought on the Mizbech. And what happened to the first cow? Hashem told him to take it, but he didn't follow that. What was the, what was meant to happen to it? So we'll see the difference in the explanation of the portion here, uh, between the Radak and others, what was, the, what was the fate, what was the outcome of the first part, and what Rasha wants Gideon to do with it. So when you find out that uh, the people find out that Gideon is the one who smashed his back and and killed the cow, the people talk to Yerush, Yerush was Gideon's father, and we see also that Yash was the Korean of the Baal. So the people of the sand said to "How it says, take it to the that you should die. The sacred he's destroyed the Mizbah of the Baal, and therefore we want to kill him. And that is a very interesting response. Even the Yash, like we saw, was one of the Avdav HaDazara, perhaps even the priest of the Avdav HaDazara, the, 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 the Mizbah was in his territory. So his response is, he's not so quick to, so to speak, to give up his son to be killed. So Yerush has the whole crowd of people surrounding him, demanding that he surrender, get unto them. And he says to them, I attempt to live on the Baal. Are you the ones who need to fight on behalf of the Baal? No need to, to what? To fight on behalf of the Baal. Him uh-huh. to... Are you the ones who need to save the Baal from being destroyed. If the the one who wants to fight for him, He should die until the Wednesday time. But who If the Baal really is a God, then let him fight for himself let him fight for himself, and let him be the one to punish whoever broke his Mizbech. In other words, Yahusha's argument to them was that you don't have to, so to speak, take sides to protect the Baal, or to enact vengeance on those who destroy the Mizbech of the Baal. If the Baal has real power, let him prove himself. Let him be the one to fight his own battles, let him be the one to punish those who who ruined his Mizbech. And therefore, Gideon didn't, Gideon's father Yahush, didn't so to speak, argue with them and deny that the the Baal has a He he's just said to them that he's not letting them, so to speak, be the ones to take the Baal's, so to speak, crusade into their own hands, rather let the Baal prove itself. Now the question is what kind of argument is that? It seems like either they accepted the argument or at least Yosh was somebody who they couldn't argue with and therefore if he wasn't willing to surrender against them they couldn't do anything about it. But the question is what's the logic of that argument? In, 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 if he's a god, he should fight his own battles. Because we could ask that question on us as well. If we were to see somebody being over a we would be somebody who's being in the mikdash, doing something which is uh, against the nature of the best of the so that we must to stand up for Hashem Zana and to, and to punish the perpetrator, to, take, uh, to enact the din against whoever's doing wrong. And we don't take the attitude, well, HaKadosh Baruch is going to fight his own battles. That's our job. That's our job. It's our responsibility, so to speak, to stand up for quote Shemayin, and object whatever the appropriate way. When you see somebody who's doing something which is against what Hashem wants, and therefore in the havdil, obviously, it's on the other side of the spectrum, but for the over of the of the Baal, in their mind, somebody who has defaced the Baal, smashed is bare, so they were standing up, so to speak, for the honor of the Baal. And if that's the case, what was, uh, was Yasha's argument? If, if he's a god, he should fight for himself. No, that was the, they felt this was their responsibility to stand up for the honour of their god. So what was the, why would they accept that arguments? Like I said, obviously, it's, it's, you can't compare it in any way, but if we would be standing up for the honour of a Kaddish so if someone said to us, no, if, if Hashem is a power, let him fight his own battles, we're not going to accept that as an argument. We're going to say, no, Hashem has been asked to, 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 to protect what you made. And we're gonna we're gonna be the ones to fight on his behalf. So the question is why why was why was this a good argument which worked to the bar? Because Hashem already proves himself to be the God. Good. So there's two answers given. The first and he says hundred percent true, and that is Fadish Baruch only asks us to stand up for Hashem's honour after Baruch Hu proves he can stand up for himself. Which is what it's trying. Hashem never asked us to be the ones to fight with power on his behalf. On the contrary, Hashem took on power on our behalf. And Hashem made it evidently clear that, that he is in control and he can destroy Mitzrayim and he can bring Makis and he can r- run the world the way he wants. And therefore, the fact that now he's saying, well, if there's a situation where somebody has done something against Kwaad Shemaim, so therefore, do we have to stand back and say, well, Akadosh Baruch Hu, if you're around it then you take care of it, we don't need that. Hashem's already proved himself. Hashem's already proved himself. And therefore, it's not like it's it casts a doubt, Chas in any way, on... Akadosh Baruch ability—if somebody does something against him—Akadosh Baruch already proven himself that not that he can, he can change the world. He can do miracles. He can he can stand up for not just for his honor, for Eretz And if that's okay, so we don't need Hashem to prove himself again. And if that's okay, so now it comes our responsibility. Now that we've been shown, now that it's clear to us that Akadosh Baruch is in control, so now it's our responsibility to stand up for his honor. But the Baal had never done that. The Baal was not a desire. And therefore Yash's argument was that to give the Baal a chance to prove itself. In other words, it's not that he was arguing with what they wanted to do. What he wanted what he was just saying is, this is to give the Baal opportunity. Because uh, it's never yet proven itself, and now if somebody dared to defy it and smash them his whatever it was, bring up the carbon which is meant for the Baal. So I, so Yash was coming across not as arguing with the people of the town. But are saying exactly the opposite. It's true that this person stood up against the Baal. This is the Baal's golden opportunity. let it prove itself. And if that's the case, well, the, it put the followers of the Baal in a position where there's nothing they could say. What they're going to say, the Baal can't prove itself. As, as long as they, are, they can't say that. They're going to have to say it's true, the Baal can't prove itself. And if that's the case, so then why, why are you getting involved? Let, let, let this be the test. And that's why, according to this in they changed Giron's name to Yerubal, saying, We hope the Baal will take revenge on you. Yerubal, the Baal should be the one to fight you because you, struck, you broke his Mizbech. So they were stuck. They were put in a position where they had to accept the challenge, and therefore they, they hoped the Baal would stand up for what they, what they wanted it to do, but their hands were tied. There was nothing they could do about it. El Zyash. Now, the question is, what role was Yoash playing here? And that's not clear, because on the one hand, he was Gideon's father. On the other hand, he was the priest of the Baal. So was he taking the side of trying to protect Gideon, knowing that if he was going to throw the responsibility to, you know, to, to take revenge to the Baal, then was going to happen. So there's a way to protect Gideon and put the population in a situation where they couldn't do anything, because if they are agreeing, they have to leave up the Baal to do something, so there's nothing they can do. Or do we say that, no, he really believed in the ball, And therefore he thought that the ball would do something or could do something. because Everybody knew. It says possible before. They found out it was Gidam. How did they find out? Either because one of the other ten people owned up, or because maybe everybody else would vehemently deny it and get under it. Whenever they found out, that's how they found out. Okay, so that's the one Mahalach. And what the logic was of saying that the Baal should be the one to fight, which, like we said, is because the Baal had never yet proven itself. There's another Mahalakhi also. There's another Mahalakhi also, which goes to something which we said before, and that is understanding where Avodah Zahra starts from. Understanding where Avodah Zara starts from, and this is something which Chazal, in a very few short uh, words, encapsulates the difference between Avodah Hashem and and exactly the opposite, the havdil of And the Chazal said like this. that by us, by by Hashem, followers of Hashem, so the God stands above them. Like it says by Yaakov when he had the dream, vinei Hashem nitzav olaf, Hashem stood above him. Whereas by agoyim, by avodah zarah, they stand over their gods. Like the Apostle says, He worshipped the Yor, but he was standing above the Yor. Now what are Chazal trying to say, it's a few short words, but Chazal is saying something very deep. What's the difference between, in in word of when we accept Hashem is standing over us, as opposed to the idea of the where, where a person stands over the God. What's the difference between them? This is the we've explained before, and then the principle of how works, and that is that, even the Erev who worshipped whatever spiritual force they were worshipping, worship didn't mean, uh, so to speak, self-effacement. It didn't mean being mevatal oneself or mechnia oneself to someone who was greater. It's only by Avodos Hashem. Avodos Hashem is we know Hashem is greater than us, and we know Hashem is above us, and therefore we humble ourselves in front of Him, and we try to do His, His rati. Avedhazara doesn't work like that. The, the temptation to say desire wasn't to humble oneself or negate oneself in, 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 in face of or in front of a greater deity, a greater power. desire was a way to get something. And therefore, if there was a certain spiritual power which a person wanted to access and take from, so the point of desire was to access that power to take from it. And if the way to access it was to bow down to it, or to serve it, or to bring it something that it wanted, that was the way to, so to speak, to, to connect to it in order to be able to take. But the idea wasn't to humble oneself in front of in front of a power and do what it wanted. The idea was to make use of it to give the person what he wanted. And that's why the pasuk says in Yirmiyah in Yir, that Nishaya, I'm sorry, about the Oda desire that would want to do something, and if it didn't work, then and you would kick off his desire, well. It didn't help me. There was no and the starting point of, so to speak, subservience in the Vedasara. It was utilizing in Avodah Vedasara to gain what the person wanted to gain. Is that true also for the major religions today? Avodah Hashem was very different. Avodah Hashem was based on the fact that we're here to serve Hashem. Not that we're here to make the most of, to make the, most of the system by manipulating it to our benefit. Um, we don't have a Vedasara of, of this nature in the world today so much. Was taken away from us because we don't understand how the spiritual world works. But if you want the best martial, I can give you for the for something similar. I'm not calling desire, I'm saying a similar mindset is the way science works today. The way science works today is we understand there's a world, and we understand there's certain physical properties that work in the world. And the more we can understand how the world works, the more we can utilize it for our own benefit. So if we understand the principle of genetics, we can modify the genetics of things to change it to where we want. And if we understand the principle of aerodynamics, we can create airplanes or rockets, whatever it's going to be. Which means it's coming from a point of the more we know, the more we can use it for what we need. It's not coming from a sense of subservience to any of these things because we can see them as as uh, forces which exist. And the more we understand them, the more we can manipulate them. But it's not really subservient to them. We're utilizing them. Now, that was exactly like the way the was... Sorry? To harness the, hardest the, the hardest kaya. Kaya. And that's exactly the way that the Oymd of of then understood how the principle worked. In other words, there are certain spiritual kai'khs in the world. This was a scientific or physical kai'khs. There are certain spiritual kai'khs. And the way the spiritual kai'khs work, they have their properties, they have their nature. If we can understand them, we can take advantage of them. And therefore, the idea of el was Haim al Which means we ruling our gods. We're utilizing the gods to what we want. So we are above them. We utilize what we want. As opposed to when our understanding of of Hashem is exactly the opposite. We're not trying to utilize Hashem. Our godish is all powerful. And the idea is exactly the opposite. We we're trying, we're trying to subjugate ourselves, to make ourselves god in front of Hashem. And therefore, it's the other way around. Uh, 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 we know Hashem they of Allah. Alaikanimalay. We put Hashem above us and we, we accept him as greater than us. Now, therefore, if the mindset of Avodah Hashem is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is greater than us, and we're here to work for Hashem, we're here to serve Hashem, we're here to cause uh, quote Shemayim in the world, then the fact that we're going to stand up for Hashem's honor makes sense. That's part of the job when, you, when something's above us. But from the Baal's point of view, when it's the other way around, the Baal was a way to get something for themselves, so in that mindset, Yash's argument makes sense. And that is, why should you put yourself out for the Ba? as you want to get something from him, okay, so get what you need to get from him. why should you go fight for him? That's doing something for him, not for you, and if that's okay, case, so let the Ba take care of itself. You don't have to be the one, so to speak, to stand up for the honor of the Ba. For us it's a foreign concept, because for us, that's a fact that we consider ourselves privileged to be able to serve Hashem, so the ability to stand up for Hashem's honor is a great thing. But if the whole point of the is a way for me to get something, so if I'm not gaining something from it, why should I bother to stand up for it? And if that's the case, Yerusha's argument to them was, in, in, their, in their world view, argue, which made sense. Why are you fighting for the Baal? What are you going to gain from this? In other words, whatever they thought they were going to gain by having the Asherah and by bringing the covenant to the Baal, well, they don't have that anymore. But if that's the case, they're not going to gain anything personally from going to fight with So uh, The only point is to defend honor the owner of the Baal. That's not your job. That's not, the, uh, that's not what the religion is meant to be. And therefore, let the Baal fight its own battles. We don't, have to take, we don't have to help it, so to speak. And therefore, in the, in the, in the, if that's the way we understand the puzzle, then again, in their worldview, that made sense. they have to ball, let the, the Baal fight for itself. It wasn't their responsibility to stand up for the honor of the Baal. Okay, so that was the mysterious nefesh that had to show in order to deserve to be a leader of Klaus Like we saw previously, in any time when a first Prophet wants to do a nice then the, the person who Hashem is going to do the neis through is the person who is willing to show a serious nefesh that he's willing to do what Hashem wants and then he's is to be the one with the neis We saw this just in the previous paragraph by sending by barak that the, the, the neis would be called Hashem Barak if he was prepared to be most nefesh prior. so Gideon here also he had to be most nefesh and he had to bring up the first part the part of the Baal to, as a carbon and that proved that he was willing to so to speak First he detached himself from the Avada and also to show you what's afraid of Avada Zara. He was relying on a Kodosh and he was willing to embrace an effort for that. Now, what happened to the first part? We said before there were two parim and he was told to take both and check the second one. What was the point of that? So this is something that we find in other cases, places in the Navi as well. Imagine, let's say, a person has in his house uh, a, a display cabinet with a lot of valuable silver of various different kinds. And uh, he has uh, milerias or skidish cups, whatever it's going to be, a lot of silver jewelry, whatever it's going to be. And to for that, he has a, a mezuzah. That's it, all in the same display case. Imagine thieves breaking into the house. And they take everything out of this, this like, all the silver, and leave it on the table, and then run away with the mezuzah. So you're going to say straight away, these aren't stump thieves. If these were regular thieves, they would just take everything. It's all valuable. They will take it all. But if they're going to only focus on one thing, and everything else which they could have taken, they leave behind, it means they had a specific agenda over here. They weren't just coming to steal. There was a specific agenda, they looked for something that they wanted, and that's what they took. And that's Ezekiel Hashem according to some of Oshim, the two And Ezekiel Hashem wanted over here. There were two Parim. The first one belonged to Yash, was his private animal. The second one was the parah of the bow. The parashani was the one which was made for the bow. And that's what Hashem says at the beginning. Take the parah of the That's your father's part. And then the Parashani, the second parah is the Baal's part. He told you. Go take both of them. But now. That's the sacrifice the second one. Because now you, it's showing clearly, it's not the time you went to sacrifice the power or steal the power. It was time you wanted to decide to bring carbon to Hashem, and therefore you brought the, 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 the first power that you came across. No, I definitely took both. I could have brought either. And I specifically chose the one of the bar. That's showing so intent to do something specific that I, I could have done either. And I specifically shafted this one, and showing the intent that I had an Indian to shaft that power. It wasn't just I just want I took any power and did that. And therefore... There was a, in the query here, of, it, it, so to speak, made it more clear that this was meant to be a challenge to the bow. It wasn't just happened, didn't happen to be stunned. If we had both options, and Dafka chose the power of the bow, that makes it more of an insult, so to speak, to the bow, that its power specifically was used. That's, uh, so, that, so that's why he wasn't told to do anything with the first part. Just take it. Take it to show you had it. It wasn't that you couldn't get your hands on it, you wouldn't have a way to get it, so you had to go down it. You had both. And now that I've bought I thought we choose to share the, the second one. That was, a, that was a, a more of an insult to the back. Question. Yeah. What was that?